Welcome to the Rise of a Chosen Generation podcast, where it's all about Jesus. I pray that this message inspires you to press in to know the Lord. Make sure to subscribe and stay tuned for more. Hello, everybody. I trust that we're all doing well, and I'm just going to pray even before I begin. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this moment. I thank you for this privilege and opportunity that you have given me to share your word and to learn also, Lord. Pray that you speak to me, speak through me, O Heavenly Father, in this moment. And let not your word just pass us by just like that, but O Heavenly Father, let it bear the fruit that it ought to in our lives. Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Okay, um, so my voice is a bit hoarse today. Um, I don't know what's going on with my throat. Um, but yeah, so today I'll be talking about the beautiful attitudes. Firstly, Matthew from Matthew five. Um, but today I'll be focusing on verse three of Matthew five, which reads, "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom." of heaven blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven you know i actually prefer the cev trans the contemporary english version which says god blesses those people who depend only on him they belong to the kingdom of heaven the bible says that god is the desire of all nations while making reference to Jesus Christ in the Old Testament, says that he is the desire of all nations. So it's given that everybody needs God, but it's not everybody that knows that they need God. So basically, Matthew 5, 3 can also be read as this, blessed are those who know that they need God, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Okay, what does that phrase, poor in spirit, really mean? It basically means that you have no other options except for God. Basically just means that God is your only option. Okay, so I'm just going to briefly share a story of, of something that happened in my life. Basically, I'm not entirely proud of it, but at least the Holy Spirit still taught me something in that. And I believe that's how sanctification works. There was a time when there was a particular subject that I was taking, and we went, We didn't manage to finish the course material. So we usually had two exams. The first one for the first half and then the second one to cover the second half. But then we didn't finish the course material. So that means we didn't actually manage to write the first exam. So when the second exam came, we were anticipating to be given the, 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 the ex to be tested on the first half of the stuff that we'd already done, because that's all that we had done, isn't it? But then when the test paper came, it was actually on the stuff, on the, it was only on the stuff that was on the second half of the syllabus, which we had actually not done entirely, because um, the teacher was slow, and we didn't manage to finish, excuse me, the course material when we were supposed to finish it. So, unfortunately, um, People began to pass out answers and all of that. And unfortunately, 
I looked at them also. <laughs> so basically, I cheated and I passed the exam. So as I was now walking back, as I was now going back to my room, the Holy Spirit asked me, do you know why you cheated? And I was like, ah, because the exam was hard. Of course, that's the first response that will come, that I didn't know anything or anything like that. But this is what he said to me. He said you cheated because you had the option to. I was like, oh, my God. So I had to repent. I was like, no, I do not have the option to do this anymore. Because whenever you choose the option of sin or whenever you choose the option to depend on something else, you're actually choosing to break the heart of God. Because in essence, that's what sin does. It breaks communion, first of all. And because communion is broken, it actually breaks the heart of God. So from then on, I made the decision that God is my only option. And if God is my only option, that means his principles are what should govern the way I live. So this is a question that I want you to ask yourself. That are you content with depending on God alone? Blessed are those whom God is their only option, for heaven shall be their reward. Heaven's abundance will actually only be availed to those who depend on God. So basically the extent of our dependence is what determines our experience of heaven's abundance. So if we only depend on God for provision, that's as far as he will go. If we only depend on God for healing, that's as far as he will go. Because God has already availed all things that we need. So basically, it's my options that limit the working of God in my life. The Bible says in Second Chronicles 16 verse 9, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Another version would say whose heart is completely his. And yet another version would say whose heart is fully committed to him. So basically the hand, the hand of the Lord works on behalf of those whose heart is actually committed to him. So if we truly want to see the hand of the Lord working in our lives, if we truly want to see the extent of heaven's abundance in our lives, we need to determine in our hearts, we need to decide that God is our only option. We need to decide that we will depend on God for provision. Here's the thing. There are so many heavenly realities which have absolutely no earthly parallels. If you look at the parables that Christ taught, he was using earthly realities to explain heavenly mysteries, which goes to show that everything that actually happens here on the earth has a heavenly or rather a spiritual parallel, but it's not everything that is in heaven that is an earthly parallel. So that means there's a lot of what happens in heaven that we have not seen here on the earth. We have not, we've barely scratched the surface. So I believe that these things will only begin to manifest here on the earth when we come to a place where we are completely dependent on God and not on our own wisdom, not on our own intellect, not on our own skill and ability because our abilities are actually limited. No matter how vast they can be, they're actually limited. But I believe that it's only a heart that is fully dependent on God that will come to experience the fullness of the abundance of heaven. Okay, how does this scripture also translate? 
to our relationship with God. Here's the thing. We need us to understand that it is only through the complete work of the cross that we are reconciled to God. There is nothing that we can do to add to the complete work of the cross. You know, sometimes we usually want to do things to gain God's acceptance and God's love. <clears throat> but when we do that, actually, we are walking up, we are walking away from entire dependence on God because we are now leaning on our own works and not on the complete work of the cross. So even when it comes to drawing close to God, we need to be entirely dependent on Him. Because first of all, it's because of Him that we are reconciled to Him. It's because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary that we are reconciled to God. And now He has given us His Spirit that we may get to know Him even more, that we may experience Him even So then when we get locked into works, we rob ourselves of experience and encounter. Because when we get locked into works, here's the thing. What we have now is a form of worship without the heart of worship thereof. So even when it comes to getting intimate with God, we need not to lean on our own understanding. We need not to lean on our own strength. Because the Bible says that it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. So that means we need to cultivate an awareness, a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, and actually commune with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Second Corinthians 13, verse 14, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. So basically, we can never come to know God apart from the Holy Spirit. So if we would lay down most of all these religious externals just to come back to the simplicity of complete dependence on God, we will reap the eternal benefit of it. So we just need to understand that we cannot do anything to gain God's love and acceptance because it has already been done. We are by grace what Christ is by nature. So whenever we start wanting to depend on our own works, we are walking away from the true nature of God. I'm not saying that we should stop behaving well because we are righteous by grace. No, no, no. What I am saying we should not do is works for righteousness. Yeah, because there's a difference between works for righteousness and works of righteousness. When you are working for your righteousness, basically what you are doing is counting the grace of God and saying, okay, I don't necessarily need the grace. I just need to do me so that I am able to get to God, which is the wrong approach because we are righteous by grace. So here's the difference. Righteous works of righteousness is basically because you already are righteous through Christ, you begin now to, to work from the overflow of your identity because this is who you are now. You are righteous in Christ Jesus. So you put off the old man and you take on the new image, which is of Christ. And here's the thing. We're not only called to do the will of God, but to express the person of God 
and the extent of our expression of the personhood of God is dependent actually on our surrender to God. You know, it's actually funny how even the works that we are rewarded for, they are through the power of God, isn't it? It's through the power of God that we do what we do. But then we are the ones who get the reward for it. Why? I believe that God rewards our yes. So I just pray that from this point on, the posture of your heart will be that of surrender in whatsoever that you do. And always remember that it's that intimacy that you have with God that empowers your surrender. And it's surrender that empowers your worship to God. The Bible tells us that the promises of God are yes and amen. On his part, he has already said yes. What he awaits now is human agreement, human dependence, so that he can manifest the reality, so that we can manifest the reality of heaven here on the earth. Okay, so now I'm just going to briefly share a song that I wrote a while ago. It's basically based on the story of creation how before God created a being, he provided an, an environment for it. Um, to the animals, to the beasts, he gave the land, the birds, the air, the fish, he gave the sea, and to us, he actually gave his presence. But you'll find that after Adam and Eve had sinned, they ran away from the presence of God. So that when he called to them, they actually hid themselves instead of running to his presence. So it's basically just me expressing my heart to God and my need for him because I know that apart from him, I actually cannot flourish as I ought to. So I hope this song ministers to you and I hope that it also becomes a cry of your heart too. Stay blessed. Your voice I long to hear When you call I will not hide I'll draw nigh that you draw near When you come I will abide Cause in you I live and move and have my being In you I live and move and have my being I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you now more than ever. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you now more than To the birds you gave the skies 
To the beast you gave the land, but to me you gave your presence. There's your voice alone to hear. When you call, I will not hide. I'll draw nigh that you'd draw near. But when you come, I will abide. In you, I live and move and have my being. In you, I live and move and have my being. In you, I live and move and have my being. In you, I live and move and have my being. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you now more than ever. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you now more than ever. In you I live and move and have my being. In you I live and move. And am my being. In you I live and move, and am my being. In you I live and move, and am my being. Oh, oh. Hello everybody, my name is Caleb Juma. I trust that you were blessed by the message that you just heard. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast channels on Google Podcasts and iTunes under the handle The Rise of a Chosen Generation. Do check us out also on social media, Facebook, YouTube and Instagram under the same handle The Rise of a Chosen Generation. Be sure to send in your queries, your comments and any feedback. Thank you so much for listening. Stay blessed.